Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes. We're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a land. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor, Jesse Osmond with you till 11 o'clock. Talking plenty of Blazers and NBA draft today. Still more to come. And then we have Hater Love It at 1030 as well. Um, one thing we did not get to. That we said we would last segment. Since this is going to be a shorter segment, we'll do it here. Jimmy Butler trade was the big thing, I guess, the most sexy, exciting thing about the NBA draft. Jimmy Butler traded from the Bulls to the Timberwolves for Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, the seventh pick, and also the Bulls sent the 16th pick with Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves. When I first saw this trade, I went, wow, the Bulls are stupid, right? Because when I actually, when I first saw it, I went, oh, you know, okay, that's not, that's not terrible. But when I saw them send the 16 with Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves, I was like, you gave up so much for a somewhat overly injured, underachieving lottery pick in Zach Levine, a lottery pick from a year ago who was terrible and Chris Dunn doesn't mean he's gonna be a bad player just wasn't very good during his first season and then the seventh pick who you decided to take Laurie Markinen, who is a big shooter and that's it right so it was kind of when you when you saw it all together you went the Bulls just gave up Jimmy Butler for nothing almost right they could I'm sure they had better offers from other people the Celtics wanted Jimmy Butler plenty of teams wanted Jimmy Butler they had offers last year for him at the trade deadline and this is what they decided to take now, I know on its face, you say Zach Levine, lottery pick. He was. I think he was pick 13th, so lottery technically from UCLA. Chris Dunn, lottery pick from Providence. And the seventh pick, a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. So you trade three lottery picks for Jimmy Butler. That sounds good, right? For the In terms of the Bulls' haul, that's like, oh, they got three lottery picks for him? Great, great trade. But when you look at who they are and you realize that Levine's been in the league for, what, three or four years now, and Dunn didn't have a good first season, you're like, oh, they traded underachieving lottery picks for this. You know, I, that was dumb. I, yeah. it was, I feel like this was all a bad day for the Bulls, just bad. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what the Bulls are exactly doing. Um, uh, honestly, I, I can't even really comment on it. They traded one of the best players in the league for um, a, a, a total stat line of 12 13.6 rebounds and 1.2 assists, you know. So <laughs> between Chris Dunn and between uh, Zach Levine, those are your numbers. 
and that that's what you're getting in return for a guy that's going to get you 20-some-odd points, six rebounds, you know, a few assists, and also is going to play some, some great defense. So if you're Chicago, you're looking like, man, we just lost. this On our end, we just lost one of the top 20 players, top 15 players in the league. Um, Minnesota, if you live in Minneapolis right now, then you are on cloud nine. Jumping for joy. Not only do you have Jimmy Butler, but you also have what a lot of us consider is the best big man in basketball and Carl Anthony Towns. You also have a, a wing player who can't haven't learned to shoot yet, but still averages 23 points in the NBA and, and Andrew Wiggins. And you drafted with the 16th pick, Justin Patton, the center from Creighton, who was supposed to be really good. He's supposed to be really good. So Minnesota, I think that, 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 that leap that we've been waiting for them to take as far as going from. And Ricky from, Rubio is still there. I mean, Rick, Ricky Rubio. He's a good passing point guard. Rubio's a good passing point guard. He's not going to be able to shoot any threes for you or anything like that, but Rubio is a good passing point guard. The one thing that Minnesota doesn't have is they need a jump shooter. They need a couple dudes. Well, Jimmy Butler can shoot. He so. can shoot, but the Bulls are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league last year, um, headed by D. Wade and Jimmy Butler. Um Carl Anthony Towns, if you look at the stats, he's actually the best three-point shooter on the Timberwolves roster right now. But you don't want him taking a bunch of threes. You really want him uh, with his back to the basket doing what he does. So that's kind of – that's the one downside to that whole thing is in a three-point shooting league, you don't have nobody that can shoot threes. That's a and the other problem in my mind is for the T-Wolves is last year was supposed to be the year they popped, and they won what, like 33 30, games? 34. Uh, 33, yeah. 33 games. So adding Jimmy Butler will give you a lot of wins, sure. But how? as long as, again, I'm assuming there's not a, a huge growth from Cat and Andrew Wiggins in one more year, you're not going to – you might make the playoffs. You probably should make the playoffs. But you're going to win, what, 45 games? Well, it depends. You know, really this summer could tell us a whole lot. You know, we've got some free agents that are looking to move some teams. Now, some of these free agents might be going to teams that are already in the playoffs. So if Chris Paul goes to the to the Spurs, that means the Clippers are out all of a sudden. And if Blake Griffin goes to where I think he should go is Houston, like all of a sudden, you know, that that's a team that's not going to be able to compete. So there's an opportunity for them to kind of step in somewhere and, and be a, a player in the Western Conference. But I think it's going to be much tougher for Jimmy Butler to do that here in the West because you're going to see really the best talent in the NBA, not named LeBron James, is all in the Western Conference for the most part. For sure. But a very big win for the T-Wolves in this trade, and I think a big loss for the Bulls. I, I saw a lot of Bulls fans were just livid about this on draft day. So And doubly livid once they picked market, and they were all like, what? Well, you don't, you don't need this player. You don't need him. So, yeah, it was it was not a great day for Chicago fans, but they're, it looks like they're going full-on tank mode. And it wouldn't surprise me if they bought out the – opt-in from Dwayne Wade, too, because he opted into that $24 million, $24 million deal. I wouldn't be surprised if they just went, yeah, we're rebuilding here. You, you go one, away. Number one pick this year, We I think we've all seen him play at the uh, Les Schwab Invitational. Michael, Porter, Michael Jr. Porter Jr. So, I mean, if you're going to suck, suck for Michael Porter Jr., I guess. Basically. All right, coming up next, the Oregon Ducks, all of them basically, found a home in the NBA. We'll tell you where they're going and how we think they'll do next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan.
ESPN Sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So they went later than you thought they might, but the Oregon Ducks, basically all of them, got drafted that were going into the draft or got picked by a team. Not, I shouldn't say drafted. Um, but Jordan Bell, the guy who Blazer fans wanted at 26, actually went all the way down to 38th. So for Blazer fans who are frustrated about that, I wouldn't be because if 12 teams below you at 26 passed on Jordan Bell, that means that everybody had him evaluated as a much lesser player than the 26th pick of the draft. And again, if you listen to the Neil O'Shea clip, Caleb Swanigan was the last player on their board who was valued above the 26th pick when they got to 26. So, you know, if you're if you're mad about that, I understand you want to see an Oregon player who you liked watching play during his career with the Ducks. You want to see him come to the Blazers. He's a scrappy player that you like that personality. Sure, I, I get it, but him going 38. That should erase all those frustrations. That means that every team there didn't see what you saw in Jordan Bell, and they're the ones who are the experts at it. And uh, you were a fan, which, you know, you, you certainly saw a lot, but understand that going 38 means he was not ready to be a first-round player. So he goes 38 to the Bulls, mm-hmm. I guess, technically, yeah. but then he was straight out. And then he was saved. He was, yeah, he was yeah, saved. he was saved. He was bought. By $3.5 million, he was purchased, essentially, by the Golden State Warriors. Jordan Bell is going to be Draymond Green Light in Golden State. That and it, What have we been saying the entire time prior to the draft that he's going to be a Draymond Green-type player? He might not get you a lot of points. But he says he to wants do. to be Draymond Green. And what better player to learn from than Draymond Green himself? Yep. So Jordan Bell, um, an undersized big who's a great rebounder, um, really athletic, probably a, really a little terrible more terrible boxing than, out player. Oh yeah, you know, not a, not a great <laughs> boxer router. But it looks like too it soon. Looks, but it looks like uh, um, Draymond Green is going to teach him how to use that fanny a little bit and learn how to block some people out. So this was a huge, huge pickup for a team that didn't need any more talent, but they found out found a way to go get um, more of it. And Jordan Bell is a talented player. Is he, is he a talented scorer? No. But that doesn't mean he won't be able to have a really long career in the NBA. Ben Wallace wasn't a talented scorer. Ben Wallace is one of the best defenders and intimidators the NBA has ever seen. So I think there's a place for a guy like Jordan Bell in the NBA. And I'm, I'm really, of all the guys that got drafted, I was really happy for him. Really, like I said, as, a, as, a, as me being selfish, as an NBA fan slash Blazer fan, kind of sucked to see him go to Golden State. But at the same time, like, you really want to see the players that you saw grow up do well. And Jordan Bell is kind of one of those guys. It is the perfect spot for Jordan Bell to thrive as a player. Because, A, it's the player, like you said, he'll learn from Draymond Green. It's the one he wants to be, so he'll learn directly from that guy. But, B, because of the Warriors' salaries, their bench isn't exactly the deepest bench, which means Jordan Bell will get playing time. He will play. And he won't be stuck as player 14 on a bench because, I mean, there's a lot of player 14s on that Warriors bench. So he'll get playing time and he'll learn. And I I mean, honestly, if he if he turns into Draymond Green again, uh, man, the Warriors stole two players in the second round, yeah. right? And and they will have established a trend. Like, this is what they do. They go out there and get those those other guys in the draft. Who is, uh, what's the, Ian, is Ian Clark? Who was the, the, the kid short shorts? Where Ian did Clark. he come from? last year you know and he just happened to be somebody that just demolished the blazers every single time they played him you know so sometimes great gms great coaches they just know how to find that diamond in the rough and 
They 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 found it with um, with Steph, somebody that thought that was you know undersized, can't not not just going to be a, a knockdown shooter, nothing more. They found it with Clay. They didn't know his ability on defense would be that good. You know, you found it in KD's wallet and said, "Hey man, we can pay you this to come here win a championship." So. It's just one of those things. You need to start. People need to start sitting down with teams, GMs, and scouting departments and say, "Hey, hey man, how the hell, San Antonio, do you do this every year? Like, who are you? Where are you going? And can I come to? Because I need." And to they'll say sure no. It's com- competitive, baby. Hey, man, like you want to be competitive? Like, tell me where you're going. I'll just tag along. We won't even sit next to each other. We won't talk. I'll just sit over there and I'll just observe whatever you're observing. Well, it was the perfect fit. You're right. Like this, this allows him to come in and be an impact player right now because of what his strengths are right now and it allows him to develop his offensive game over time like and there's no pressure for him to be good right away zero like all they want him to do is go in there rebounds alter shots block shots um maybe get some offensive putbacks on some of those offensive rebounds but like that his the number one complaint about him is he can't stretch the court well he's got possibly the best three three-pointer shooting <laughs> shooters in the league to learn from. So, like, he's, he's at the perfect place to affect his biggest deficiency and to amplify what he has right now as far as strengths. It's it's just a beautiful fit. And in, I, I, I on prime time, I agree with this. Just because he's going to be a great – like, just because he could be a good player – in Golden State doesn't mean that other players he would other places he would be a gold uh, good player. He just fits what they need and and where they are as a franchise. Right. And now. I do think the key is if he had say he was drafted by the Blazers, there'd be a lot of pressure for him to perform immediately. And going to a place where there isn't pressure because he is raw in a lot of NBA uh, skill level things that he needs. He's a great defender and scrapper, and you know he he's all that, but he doesn't shoot. You're right, he can't shoot. Draymond Green really couldn't shoot when he came in, but now he can hit the three occasionally. So, you know, he'll he'll have plenty of time to learn, and I think that's perfect. Uh, three picks later, Tyler Dorsey got picked by the Atlanta Hawks. What's interesting about this to me is Tyler Dorsey was ignored for the entire year as a draft prospect because he really wasn't very good during the regular season. He was very inconsistent. He was incredible during the Pac-12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. He was really clutch. He had a lot of big threes. But the fact that he went at all when he was frankly bad at most of the time during the regular season shocked me. And out of all the guys drafted by the Ducks, I don't see Tyler Dorsey really sticking in the NBA. That's just my opinion. Uh, I, I, didn't, mean, I didn't see it really. I saw the clutch gene, but that's about it. And see, here's the cold part. Just considering the team he's going to, like he's going to Atlanta – you name me one great starter on Atlanta. You know, I, I think is Schroeder still there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's good. But, I mean, I think the Tyler Dorsey is a Millsap's going to leave. So. You know, Mil- Millsap is probably a good right. Millsap is on his way out. So there are definitely some – I think he has an opportunity to make his mark more than maybe anybody else as not just a player, a, a guy that's going to play, but as a starter and as somebody that can possibly come in and I'm I'm trying to pull up right now exactly what their their roster looks like in Atlanta right now, especially considering Dwight Howard is gone. Um, now let's see. Hold on, let's pull up the depth. I did chart. forget about that, Dwight. Yeah. They just traded him to Charlotte. Yeah, they just got rid of him. They they're, Later, they're doing Dwight. a rebuilding <laughs> yeah. there. And, 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 and 
in the NBA, all you need to be able to do to stick around is hit a three. So if he can really develop that three-point shooter and just become a spot-up three-point shooter, he'll have a spot so in this league. Millsap is gone. Dwight Howard is gone. So that leaves you Tim Hardaway Jr., Dennis Schroeder, Malcolm Delaney, Tareen Prince. <laughs> you mean to tell me that Tyler Dorsey can't start over any one of those dudes? Can I, he start? I, Maybe. I'm, I, saying, I, I'm I, just I, saying I don't know if he sticks in the NBA. I, I mean, For I a terrible team, sure. I, I, think, he, I think really if he if – he, does what he was able to do at Oregon, I think he can be just fine. Um, but especially considering where you went, like if he had he gone to a really competitive team, I might say something different. Like, yeah, there's no way he's going to start. But I'm looking at this team and looking at the fact that they're probably going to lose their two, their their best player in Paul Millsap. Yeah, there's going to be an opportunity for him to get some minutes there. And then going a couple picks later at 45, Dylan Brooks, who I thought should have been taken before Tyler Dorsey, uh, gets tra uh, drafted by the Rockets and then traded to the Grizzlies, actually at a, at a draft pick that the Blazers had originally, which they gave to the Rockets in one of their many second-round picks they dra uh, traded the last few years. Dylan Brooks is interesting to me, and I'm a little surprised he fell this far, but he's a guy who I'm very uncertain about because he kind of... I mean, this is kind of like what he calls himself, but it's true. He's positionless. He kind of can play the one, the two, or the three, and he's inconsistent, right? A lot of the Ducks kind of were this year, at least during the regular season. But he's flashy, but he's kind of undersized, but he's he could, he could play decent defense. I don't really know what to make of Dylan Brooks. I feel like it's a good second-round pick because he could turn out to be a really good player, but... I'm at, a, I'm, at a, I'm at a loss. I'm very torn on what to think about Dylan Brooks. I think this is the perfect place for Dylan Brooks. The one thing we know about Brooks is he's a tough guy. He's, he, he can be incredibly tough for you. Man, I think there's no tougher team that, that – a team that defines toughness more, maybe the San Antonio Spurs, than the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, the Grizzlies aren't going to score 105 a game. They're going to beat you averaging, you know, 90, 93. And um, having a guy that can play one, two, and three – it's going to help because you got Vince Carter, who has been in the league for 20 years now. You know, he's old at this point. Tony Allen, who has been a really good defender, but Tony Allen doesn't give you much outside of that defense. Mike Conley Jr. is Mike Conley Jr. He's one of the more underrated point guards you'll find, so he won't be playing much at that position. But I think there is definitely an opportunity for him to go out there and really make a carve a niche for himself. Uh, in Memphis, just considering that I don't know, I don't really believe in Troy Daniels like that, uh, who's uh, the two guard from Memphis, or uh, Wayne Selden. You know, these are the guys that are currently on the roster. Chandler Parsons is third string as far as small forwards go, behind behind uh, Vince and, Ty uh, and uh, James Enos. So he has an opportunity. They all. The great thing about this is they all have an opportunity to go out there and really create a position for themselves on that team. And I think that's the really cool thing about each of these players. Like, I don't I don't see any of them becoming stars, but I see all of them playing in the NBA for as long as they want to play. Uh, Chris Boucher found himself a home. He was undrafted due to the injury, but he is also going to the Golden State Warriors. It's a little Duck South forming down there. But uh, two -way, he signed a two-way contract. So it's not a summer league deal. He will be on the Warriors. It means that he can play for both the D-League team and the NBA team. And... Chris Boucher was a guy who probably should have been drafted. I mean, actually, Chris Boucher would have been drafted higher than any of the guys on the Ducks had he not suffered the torn ACL because of his freakish body type <laughs> and athleticism and kind of style of play. He's a he's like Giannis Antetokounmpo in terms of just you drafted him because of what he could do, 
and some of the skill level and because of how long he was. So he goes to the Warriors as well. Another smart pick by them. Yeah, I mean, another that, perfect fit. Yeah. Just, again, the places where there's no pressure to win for these guys is the perfect place. I mean, it, we would have said perfect. It's not just the Warriors. We would have said perfect if you went to, you know, Cleveland or to San Antonio, places where you can grow and develop and not have that pressure to be instantly good. And I think that's like, for those kind of players who get hurt in college but have talent, those are the perfect places to go. Absolutely. And then Dylan Ennis also uh, got signed to two summer league teams. The Thunder, he'll play in the Orlando Summer League and then the Warriors, where he'll play in the Vegas Summer League. So three ducks going to the Warriors, at least for the Summer League. And um, I also think Elgin Cook is down there too, a former duck player for the Summer League team. So lots of guys going down there. But a lot of Oregon Ducks got found themselves an NBA home, which is cool to see because they were one of the most fun teams to watch during the, during the season this year. Well, we'll go Ducks. Proud of all those guys, man. All right, coming up next, Hater to Love It. We do it every single week at 1030. Jesse has a query for us, and then he gives us points based on our answers. And the winner gets to host the last segment. So that is next. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hate it or love it, we do it every single week at 10.30. We are awarded points based on our answers, a la Around the Horn. And the winner gets to host the final segment of the show, which is about three minutes. So, you know, <laughs> not the worst thing in the world to host it, but not exactly getting a whole segment. Uh, so, Jesse, actually, Rashad, you won last week, didn't you? I think I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You got your David Bowie music after you complained. Oh, I have a new music I want you to play now. But, but no, we'll, you don't we'll get to do that, that every week. You're going to choose a song. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I figured one, I figured out one that works better. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? You let me go first last last time, so I'll, I'll let you go first this time. Okay. Go for it. Go for it, Jess. All right. Okay. Let's start with, we've been doing a lot of NBA, so we'll just stick with the NBA. Uh, draft night kind of stolen by the Minnesota Timberwolves as they end up stealing Jimmy Butler. Um, uh, I think a lot of people were expecting if there was going to be a team to really make a play for a Butler or a George or a Porzingis, it was going to be the Celtics. Well, it ended up being Minnesota. Now, Minnesota last year, I believe, had 31 wins. Uh, which puts them about, I want to say, 12 wins out of the eight seed last year. Love or hate, now that the Minnesota Timberwolves have Jimmy Butler, they are a playoff team. Oh, love. It's that That's an easy one for me because looking at the status of the Western Conference right now, assuming all goes as according to thought with the Clippers, they're going to fall out of the playoffs because Chris Paul is going to leave. Blake Griffin's going to leave. They're trying to trade DeAndre Jordan. So the Clippers are done, right? They're not going to make the playoffs if all those things happen. Gordon Hayward leaves the Jazz. I'm not sure they're going to stick up there at the top of the Western Conference either. And Rudy Gobert is very good, but Gordon Hayward is what makes that team tick, and they might fall down as well. Uh, the Grizzlies are a question mark for me. They're always like that challenging perennial playoff team, but they were three games out of making it. And frankly, the Blazers are a question mark too. They barely made it last year. If Collins is good, then great. They'll probably make the playoffs again, but that leaves one to three spots in the West for new teams to make the playoffs. Who's under them? 
The Nuggets, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Kings, the T-Wolves, the Lakers, and the Suns. Suns aren't making it. Kings aren't making it. Lakers probably aren't making it because they're not ready yet. Uh, the only other one there that is sexy to me is the Pelicans because you got both Cousins and Anthony Davis for one more year, and you can kind of see how that works. But the T-Wolves are that team. With Jimmy Butler especially, they're that team that should leap into one of those spots that's vacated in the Western Conference playoffs. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about how Butler and Wiggins will play together because they're technically the same position. They both play the three. They aren't either. They're not necessarily either the best shooter. Butler's a better shooter. Wiggins is a little bit of a better inside player, but that's for Tom Thibodeau to figure out. When you got all that talent, you can put them on the court and they'll they'll all be good together. And frankly, Carl Anthony Towns still has a huge ceiling. He hasn't fully developed into the dominant center that we know he can be. So if they all do that, they'll be a playoff team in the West next year. Uh, I don't know what's left to say. I mean, yeah, I love it for a lot of the same reasons, man. Uh, you're looking at a lot of teams in the Western Conference that are going to look much different than the ones uh, that we have right now. Uh, you saw Portland just went out and got uh, their their draft pick, who a lot of people are, all the pundits are really high on. So that looks like they might be moving up a little bit. Jeez um, uh, Louise. Um I don't know. It's, 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 it's so tough to say just because you don't know exactly what you're going to get from the Dallas Mavericks. They still look like they, they have pieces in place to where they could be a good team. The Houston Rockets are going to look different, but they're going to look stronger because there's a chance they add either Blake Griffin or Chris Paul to that roster. The San Antonio Spurs are going to look stronger because, again, there's a chance they add Chris Paul to their roster. We know that Utah is going to go down a little bit just because Gordon Hayward is probably going to go to Boston or uh, one of his other teams. So uh, you're looking at all these teams. Sacramento's still not very strong. Uh, the, the, the Pelicans still don't have a point guard. The Nuggets are just still kind of all over the place. So you're looking at two teams and Minnesota and possibly the Los Angeles Lakers and Phoenix Suns that can move up and really become a force in the Western Conference. I think if you're looking at Minnesota, you've got a really good young wing player that I'm pretty sure Cleveland still wishes they had. You've got uh, the, what some people consider the best big man in basketball, Carl Anthony Towns, who is their best three-point shooter right now. Um, you've got a good coach who teaches the defense and preaches defense and a Western Conference that's full of teams that can shoot. So I think you put all those three uh, three things together. And oh, by the way, they just got Jimmy Butler who can average 25 points a game if he really wants to. So that's looking like a team that's more and more likely to make 7th, 8th seed in the West next year. All right. Moving on. Um, the New York Knicks. What a mm -hmm. mess. You know, <laughs> uh, like, like, well, you just don't know what the heck Phil Jackson's doing. I, you can just go on. He had a chance at Steve Kerr. He tells him, you got to run the triangle. Steve Kerr goes to Golden State. Now he's won two, uh, two championships. He, he gets Porzingis. Now he's alienated Porzingis, and everybody's basically saying, eh, Porzingis probably isn't going to resign now. Like, falling asleep at draft workouts. These are the things that Phil Jackson is doing right now as the GM of, and what, president of the New York Knicks. Love or hate, this is not my theory. This is a theory of many people. Love or hate, Phil Jackson is pulling the first illegitimate George Costanza in sports. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to say love because it's funny if it's true, right? But... I can't imagine that that would actually ever happen in a, in a situation like this in, in such a high-profile position. 
I kind of just view it like Phil Jackson's old. He's incredibly stubborn. He is stuck in his ways. He wants the triangle to work again, even though it probably will never work again in the NBA because it's just not what happens anymore. You don't play that way anymore. By the way, he drafted a point guard who is perfect for the triangle offense in the Frank Nita Kina or Neil Akina, however you say his name, the French point guard. So he is, he, I will say hate because I don't think anyone could possibly pull a George Costanza in real life, but he, he's gone. He's done. I'm sorry. He said that he has never seen a player miss an exit interview before, and that's why he's he's really angry at, at uh, Kristaps Porzingis, and that's really unprofessional. Uh, and, mm, I, I saw this on Twitter. Shaq missed an exit interview with the Lakers, Phil. So he, he also didn't show up, and he was your best player, or second best player. So it uh, just because somebody missed an exit interview because they're frustrated at how bad the team was doesn't mean you should trade him. He was your lottery pick last year. He is a freaking unicorn. They call him a unicorn because of what he does. There are some stats of his, which um, which are absolutely insane. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pull them up here while I talk. But that that prove that he is a truly unique player in the NBA. He is a guy who is uh, who we haven't seen in the NBA before. He is a four who can shoot the ball. He can, he's like what the Blazer fans want Zach Collins to be. He can shoot, he can defend, he can rebound. He's a star. He's a star. And after, what, two years and him missing an exit interview, you want to you wanna throw him out? You want him gone? That makes no sense to me. That makes no sense to me. So, excuse me while I pull up the stats. They're on a different page. Um, he, uh, what is going on? He, he, you just don't trade him. Phil Jackson, he, he's kind of lost it. He, and he's falling asleep at draft workouts. Come on. Come on. That's what Jim Beheim does for Syracuse. Uh, okay. I got the stat. Hold on. Here we go. 1,000 rebounds, 150 made threes, 100 blocks through two seasons. Only two players have ever done it LeBron James, Kristaps Porzingis. And then oh I have never opened Office on this. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Kill me, computer. You're killing. You're killing. Taylor's I know. Time right I'm now. sorry. You gonna lose points? You ain't gonna lose points. Uh, all right. Porzingis is there the only go. player in NBA all history right. with at least 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 250 blocks, and 100 made threes over his first two seasons. The only player in NBA history with those stats. You do not trade him. Sorry for the stalling. I'm gonna be no, honest. Good. I'm really confused as to uh, how you explained why you hated that he wasn't pulling a George Costanza because you pretty much just uh, proved why he was pulling a George Costanza. All right. You can, I lost my point on that one. I, I take it. <laughs> I, uh, I earned that loss. So point. this Apologies. is probably going to lose, this probably gonna lose me a point in the first place, but I didn't like Seinfeld in the first place. So <laughs> it's uh, all right, George bro. Costanza, you know, I don't know who cares, but I will say this. Uh, I love it because Phil Jackson needs to go lay his old ass down somewhere. This is what old people do. They fall asleep in the middle of stuff, in really important stuff, typically. This isn't him watching Murder, She Wrote or anything like that, like this old house. This is him looking at some some player that he's going to invest the next four years in and the next, I don't know, maybe $20 million in, and he decided to fall asleep in these workouts. Look at the next season over this past year, and you tell me that, that Phil Jackson has done a good job as a president or a GM or whatever the hell his title is supposed to be. You tr you 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 signed Derrick Rose 
to to that deal. And then after that, you went out and got Joakim Noah. You lost him with steroids. And then you uh, the, he, I mean, whether it was him or not, man, the whole thing with uh, with James Dolan and uh, Charles Oakley this year also happened. You refused to 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 really accommodate Melo through the entire time he's been there, but instead you blame him for the fact that he took that $127 million that you offered him after you lied to him and said that you were going to help build this thing into something. And then as the season was over, you said that Melo will be better off playing somewhere else. So basically you're, you've are you alienated the best player on your team. So if I'm Chris Stapps Porzingis and I'm going to be the, the future of the franchise, what confidence is that giving me to stick around here? Because the minute you get frustrated with me, like he did, he missed the exit interview, we're going to trade you. Who does that? Phil Jackson is might be the most arrogant person to ever be a coach or general manager or president or wherever he is in sports since since the inception because he's done nothing but make terrible deals. Yet still, he's still got a job. It's been like five years, and he's done nothing but run the Knicks into the ground, even further into the ground than James Dolan already took them. They were already a laughing stock before Phil Jackson got there. And now Phil Jackson is there, and he's making it even worse of a laughing stock. Steve Kerr made a great decision of picking the Warriors over the Knicks, huh? Oh, you want to come coach the Knicks? I'm cool. I'll go coach this young and -and (laughs) up-and-coming team who just won 54 games. Great job, Steve Kerr. Terrible job, Phil Jackson. Get it together or just go to sleep somewhere. All right. Well, look. I know I've lost this one already. I lost a point. I fumbled around with my point. I was all over the place. That shouldn't count. I didn't really want you to take his point away. No, it's true, I'm going to go ahead and say he lost a point just for the fact that he made a like he basically made an argument against what he I know his point I just said nobody would actually do that he's just dumb I have to google George Costanza wow really man I don't even watch Seinfeld I don't even like Seinfeld but I know who George Costanza see that's a that's a cultural thing bro don't don't do Seinfeld there was a a point he worked for the Yankees and there was a point where he just didn't want to work for the Yankees anymore but he wanted to be fired he didn't want to be quit so so he started doing all these crazy things where like at some point he's actually taking these uh, the you know the world series trophy that they've won and he's like got it tied up behind his car and he's dragging it around the parking lot and uh, what do the yankees do they give him a promotion instead yeah it's it is it's like the new york knicks like yeah like let's see, let's see how much true. worse you can do before we actually give you more money great job new york all right so you're conceding victory eh well, I mean, I mean, we, we can you go can more. do I one more. more. I know you. Right. We usually do three. I yeah, just, we do. I just know how bad that was. So. It, it was pretty bad. I'm gonna be honest. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, it I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. All right, so uh, I'm gonna give you guys. I'm, I'm actually I'm gonna give Rashad the opportunity since he's starting first. No, y- yes, starting first. Uh, we have Michael Floyd Kombucha. We have uh, Blake Griffin, and we have um, Doug Martin. Kombucha's terrible. Um, I, I agree. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. All right. And I Kombucha. think Lynch started. Yeah, I start, but kombucha's uh, terrible. Kombucha's the who? Yeah. Oh. My wife likes it, and I don't know. She's crazy. Well, I don't understand it. 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 It's Michael Floyd. I can't believe it. Uh, th- that excuse in itself is just a whole whole topic. But um, So we're going to do Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, you know, opting out of their contracts. They're looking to just basically break up that that team as it stands now. 
Um, Blake Griffin has officially announced that he's opting out of his contract, which means Good he's going to free agency. Good for him. Hopefully he can go find a new start and stay healthy somewhere else. As we know, he's been leaked to a, linked to a couple different places, and I've already stated how the Celtics were probably more expected to go get a guy like Jimmy Butler than the Minnesota Timberwolves were. That makes me think that maybe there's a precursor of we don't need to go out and dump things when we can get something in free agency that we think we can really get. Love or hate, Blake Griffin is playing in the green and white next year for the Boston Celtics. Mm, I'll hate it because we heard that last year a lot as a possible destination for Blake Griffin, but I feel like the Celtics could pull so much more than him right now. I know the Jimmy Butler thing was bandied about. I'm sure they're still trying to get Paul George. We heard the rumors during the NBA draft that Paul George was close to actually, or the trade for Paul George was close to going through for the Celtics. And I just don't know if Blake Griffin is exactly going to fit there. He's an often injured player who is kind of a high flying, a little bit selfish at times. And the whole Clippers team is selfish really. And the Celtics are a very pass heavy, you know, guard driven three point shooting team that Blake Griffin just doesn't necessarily fit. Now it is a position of need for them. They have kind of a weak backcourt where we're center and forward position, but it's also a young position for them. I don't know if an injured overpaid power forward and Blake Griffin would fit the Celtics. So I don't see him going there. There are a lot of teams out there. They're going to try to poach these Clippers players. We've heard the Spurs are interested in Chris Paul. The Rockets are interested in both. Um, We've heard, plenty of teams like that even like the Cavs could be interested in him but I, I think and Rashad was talking about this in the text line earlier to a, to a listener I think the Rockets might be the smartest place for Blake Griffin so that's where I think he'll go so hate that he's going to be in the green and white right there with Lynch I hate that he's going to be uh, in the green and white for the simple fact that I think Al Horford is still there and Al Horford plays a little bit t- the type of game that I think the Celtics are kind of looking for right now um, just somebody who's kind of a uh, reliable big who can get some rebounds for you, but also knock down consistently that 20-foot jump shot like Al, or- Al Horford can do. I just look at the Celtics and what they have already, and they're not really built to run like that. That's not the type of team that they are. Blake Griffin is the player that's built to run. He's not the shooter, the jump shooter that he wants to be, um, at least I'm not going to say not yet, but it's been about six, six, seven years at this point, so I don't think he's going to be that jump shooter. I think there's any team that he should go to, and Lynch just mentioned it, I think it's the Houston Rockets. If you look at what James Harden was able to do this year with Clint Capella, uh, Capella, uh, or was it Capella? Is that the big man? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Capella averaged about 11 points this season, but he did it all on 88% of James Harden's assists. So that means without James Harden, he didn't score. So you're looking at a team in Houston that likes to shoot a lot of threes and can spread the ball around. The one thing they're really missing is somebody that can give the ball to down low and let them do their own thing. So if you got four or three guys uh, slashing, excuse me, streaking down the court, all about to spot up the three-point line, Blake Griffin's going to get a whole lot of open, wide, open, wide open alley oops and looks from uh, from James Harden, who this year averaged a little uh, around 11 and a half assists this season. So, and that's throwing to somebody who can't get his own shot. Once he gives it to give the ball to somebody like Blake Griffin. I think they're going to be in a much different position because that's the one thing that the Houston Rockets haven't had is somebody that can score the ball inside consistently like somebody like Blake Griffin. What I like from both of you guys on that one is is you went into not only why you didn't think that it would work, but where you thought it would work better, which really helped you guys' argument. You both had a really good round there, by the mm. way. I heard lots of dings. There was lots of dings. All lots right. of dings. Let me add things up I here know really Rashad's going to win, though, uh, because... 
That second round was was a me trying to find a stat that it wouldn't open on my computer, and because What's it's a competition, well, because it's a competition, you guys can't help. You can't jump in and help because I, I had to get my points right. So I get it. Look, I get it. But I, that was that was a brutal little section for me. I, apparently, I had never opened Microsoft Word on this computer because I use it in the other room, and I opened it. And it was like, first, you need to register this. So I said, okay. And then I had a button pop up that said, use recommended settings. And I couldn't click off of it to see the stupid stat that I found. And it was like, come on. It's right there on the page. I see it behind this stupid box I can't move. And I had to do the settings. And then finally, I found it. So who won? So with that said, uh, you, you did make it close there, Lynch. But mm. go ahead and say it. Our our boy uh, Rashad Taylor. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. I'm getting really good at this game. Yeah. No, uh, there was a. I want. It was. Um, you came out of the gates kind of firing there in that first topic, and I thought Lynch was just going to go way running today. You said literally everything I was going to say, and it was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> and then I guess give me points for agreeing with Lynch. This just goes to show you have to have a complete game. You you can't just you know. Take a round off. I know. Yeah. I know. I got I got a little greedy. I got a little I got well, I shouldn't say greedy, I got a little lazy. You know, if you didn't get greedy and we didn't take that point away, it would have been a tie. We would have had to go to a, a yeah, light a five minute lightning round. If I didn't forget <laughs> the stat that I said and needed to go reference my page, <laughs> I would have been okay. All right, coming up next, Rashad segment. This is Sports Sunday on the fan. Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Yeah, one is in the air. Till I'm victorious, Lynch. This is a perfect song for you to win on. <laughs> Isn't this great? Yeah. This should just be the, the, the winning song from now on. No, 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 no. Yes, I, it should. Well, for, if you'd like it to be your winning song, sure. Sure. I great. like my little chill kind of happy song this makes I'm not me gonna, happy yeah but this is like shove it in your face winning song kind of thing like yeah I, mine is like hey is I'm, there any other way to win hey i'm i'm okay look i'm just happy I, I won today i'm here for the competition man i'm not oh. here to i'm not here to rub it in your nose oh. man i don't We're know why i went very big, different reasons lynch i don't know why i went to big lebowski on that <laughs> one but great movie one of the best yeah well, it looks like it's my segment. Okay. Well, it's your segment. Thank you, guys for, thank you guys for listening. And it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Man. This is, the, this is the, the problem. You got such a great prize today. This is the problem with making this the prize is that Hate It or Love It goes long every single week. Every time. And we get two to, I mean, we're already late. Like, we're getting two to negative two minute segments. Yeah, I so. think the prize is actually just saying that we won that one. And that's because that's all we get to say when we come back. Well, Rashad won. Lynch run. Go for it. That's yeah. about it. So all my notes, I was gonna say good season for the Beavs. They've lost to LSU and Great season knocked, for knocked the out of the College World Series. But very proud of the job that the Oregon State Beavers did. And if any there's anybody hating on the Beavers, man. At least Heinlich wasn't there, right? Yeah. Go jump off the bridge. Not re not really, but still. No. Like they at least for now we've they've done the right thing. We still don't know about the whole Casey thing, but what he knew. But he wasn't there, so that that kind of helps you root for the Beavs. 
All right, well, it's going to do it for us today. I am out once again next week, but it is the last weekend I should be out for the rest of the summer um, unless anything crazy comes up. So enjoy your 4th of July weekend next weekend, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks. But Rashad and Jesse will be here. NBA free agency should be getting underway, and there'll be plenty of other things to talk about as well. So enjoy your warm day today and enjoy the rest of your week, and I will see you in a couple. gave me the nicest, longest piece of meat. Mm. Mm. So good.